Welcome to today's reading of December 15 for Micah chapter 1 to chapter 4, 13. 365 daily devotionals by the New Living Testament. Make sure you get your copy and follow us, follow me, as we read God's Word. Now remember, if Micah's message is going to seem hard, remember that God did not want to take revenge on Israel. He wanted to get them back on the right path. The people had rejected what was true and right, and they needed a firm hand to correct them. Children may think discipline is harsh, but it helps keep them going in the right direction. If we only want God's comforting message, we may find ourselves off track. But if we listen whenever God speaks, even to his difficult messages, we will find ourselves following him more closely. And the idea is in listening. Micah chapter 1. The Lord gave this message to Micah of Moreshes. During the years with Jotham, Ahaz, and Jezekiah were kings of Judah, the visions he was concerned, both Samaria and Jerusalem. Attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The sovereign Lord is making an accusation against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel. Yes, the sins of the whole nation. Who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Samaria, its capital city? Where is the center of idolatry in Judah, in Jerusalem, its capital? So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up, her planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below, exposing her foundations. All her carved images will be smashed. All her sacred treasures will be burned. These things were bought with the money earned by her prostitution, and they will not be carried away to pay prostitutes elsewhere. Therefore, I will mourn and lament. I will walk around barefooted and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl. For my people's wounds is too deep to heal. It has reached into Judah, even to the gates of Jerusalem. Don't tell our enemies in God. Don't weep at all. Your people in bet roll in the dust of to show you your despair. You people of Shaphir, go as captives into exile, naked and ashamed. The people of Sanan dare not come outside their walls. The people of Bet-Ezil mourn, for their house has no support. The people of Marat anxious wait for relief. But only bitterness awaits them as the Lord's judgment reaches even to the gates of Jerusalem. Harness your chariots, horses, and flee, you people of Lashish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in her rebellion, and you led Jerusalem into sin. Send farewell gift to Morishet Gat. There is no hope of saving it. The towns of Aksib has deceived the kings of Israel. O people of Marishah, I will bring a conqueror to capture your town, and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. O people of Judah, shave your heads in sorrow, for the children you love will be snatched away. Make yourself as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. What sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans? You rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out, simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. You cheat a man of his property, stealing his family's inheritance.
But this is what the Lord says. I will reward your evil with evil. You won't be able to pull your neck out of the noose. You will no longer walk around proudly, for it will be a terrible time. In that day, your enemies will make fun of you by singing this song of despair about you. We are finished, completely ruined. God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. He has given our fields to those who betrayed us. Others will set your boundaries then, and the Lord's people will have no say in how the land is divided. Don't say such things, the people respond. Don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. Shout, should you talk that way, O family of Israel? Will the Lord's Spirit have patience with such behavior? If you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting. Yet this, to this very hour, my people rise against me like an enemy. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trust you, making them as ragged as men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant homes and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone. This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. Someday, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather your remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like the sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pastures. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leaders will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your kings will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. I said, listen, you leaders of Israel, you are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh from their bones. Yes, you eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin, and break their bones. You chop them up like meat for the cooking pot. Then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to answer? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. This is what the Lord says. You false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions. The sun will set for your prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then your seers will be put to shame, and your fortune tellers will be disgraced. And you will cover your faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength. To, be, to boldly declare Israel's sins and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the height of all. The most important place on earth, it will be raised above all other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord, to the house of Jacob God, 
There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate between. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity and join their own grapevines and fig trees. For there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, those who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant. Those who were exiled will become a nation strong. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? Have you wise people all died? Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Rith and groan like a woman in labor. You people of Jerusalem, for now you must leave this city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you, you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now many nations have gathered against you. Let her desecrate, they say. Let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plans. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord, for I will give you iron horns and bronze hoops so you can trample many nations to pieces. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. That was the book of Micah. Uh, let's read a couple of the uh, commentaries on the book of Micah. Let's see what it has pertains to us on that realm. Well, there's quite a bit of it. Let me just read. If we don't repent of our dependencies and sins, dependencies, we cannot expect God's blessings. We should never expect to experience good times while God is dealing with sin in our lives. Without repentance, sin is contagious, and it, its effects are far-reaching. Even the innocent children would be exiled because of their parents' sins. We often fall, fail to realize that our dependencies may cause great suffering for future generations. We need to act now, admitting our sins and giving our lives into God's gracious hands. With God's help, we can overcome our addictions and set our children and grandchildren free from a painful future. Amen. Many of Israel's influential peoples had spent their time placing ways to ruin the lives of others. They sought personal wealth and power. They took people's land and homes by fraud and violence. They were blind to much of the pain they caused and unaware of the judgment ahead for them. Our addictions often drives us to make the same mistake. As we take inventory of our lives, we should think clearly about those we have hurt and seek ways to make amends. If we don't, God will defend the helpless from our selfish actions and bring judgment against us. God announced that the coming of a sudden of an intense judgment on his people who had refused to trust and obey him. They had rebel and sought help from powerless idols. God showed them how useless their idols worship 
was by allowing them to suffer the consequences of seeking help from sources that could not deliver. Our addiction may be idols that we call upon to escape our pain, pain that only God can truly heal. We may make recovery fast our idols and expect them to lead us to an easier recovery. If we pursue help from idols, however, we will only be disappointed. Only God has the power to help us persevere in the process of recovery. Even though God warned his people of their immense destruction, he also gave them a reason for hope for the future. Someday he would restore the nation he was about to punish. As we face the inescapable consequences of our past actions, we can still have hope for the future, even though there may be hard times ahead. If we trust God and obey his will for us, for our lives, there is always hope for recovery. No matter how great our failures and sufferings, God can forgive and restore us. Israel's leaders failed to fulfill their responsibilities before God, to defend the poor and helpless in society. In fact, they took advantage of the very people they were to protect. They could expect only punishment from God. We may have suffered innocently at the hands of our parents or other people in authority. Perhaps their sins against us are the root of our own destructive behavior. We can be sure that God will punish those who have wronged us. We can leave the situation in God's hands and spend our energy dealing with our own problems and dependencies. If we have harmed innocent people, we must repent and seek to make amends. Some of us serve God only for what we can get out of it. When all is going well, we act proudly or piously. But when things are going our, our way, we probably tend to use pressure tactics to secure personal gain. Manipulation others may stop if our recovery is to be complete. Manipulating others must stop. God does not always pick up the pieces of our mistakes and bad choices. He may allow us to experience the full negative impact of our actions. Sometimes it takes such suffering to awaken us from denial and help us to realize how much we need God. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful reading. That was from the Recovery Bible. Incredible stuff. Okay, let's go ahead and shift gears now. I think it would be valid for us to say a prayer. We're going to be going into uh, chapter 6 of Revelations. Heavy stuff. Merry Christmas, everyone. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving ears to hear, eyes to see. Help us to learn to listen and listen to learn. Thank you for your godly skills. Thank you for your promises, Lord. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, I confess my sins. Cleanse me, Lord God, from all iniquities, stubbornness, and childish actions, Lord. Lord, and not acting properly or distributing funds when I should, Lord. And thank God I'm a misfit. Thank God, Lord God, that you put me in the right place and the right time to do your right duty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in Revelations chapter 6, the altar represents the altar of the sacrifice in the temple where animals were sacrificed to atone for sins. Instead of the animal's blood at the base of the altar, John saw the, the souls of martyrs who had died for preaching the good news. These martyrs were told that still more would lose their lives for their belief in Christ. The martyrs were eager for God to bring justice to the earth, but they were told to wait. God is not waiting until a certain number is reached, but he is promising that those who suffer and die for their faith will not be forgotten. Rather, they will be singled out by God for special honor. We may wish for immediate justice as these martyrs did, 
But we must be patient. God promises justice, but we, but he works according to his own timetable. What we suffer for the sake of God's kingdom is never wasted. We may be distressed and impatient, but we must learn to trust God for what is best in whatever we face. Christians are called to stand firmly to what they believe. Only those who endure to the end will be rewarded by God. Amen. Revelation chapter 6. As I, John, watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bowl and a, a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come! Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a black horse, and his rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw another under the altar, the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful to their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them. And they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell on the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, fall on us, and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Amen and amen. Wow. Chapter 6. Amazing stuff, isn't it? Let's see what the Recovering Bible has to say about that. Chapter 6 in Revelation. That is an amazing thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing something up that I may talk about, Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come. You know that word, come. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In chapter 6, Jesus Christ the Lamb begins to open the scroll setting in motion the events leading to God's victory over sin and death. War, famine, and disease will be rampant during the period of the first four seals. The first steps towards God's cosmic restoration lead through painful times. Millions of people will die as God deals with the sin that dominates our world. God often leads us through periods of pain, so we... 
periods of pain as we suffer the consequences of our behavior. But he does so for ultimate good, even though he allows us to suffer for a time, he plans for our restoration and recovery. Sometimes the trials brought on by our dependencies are the only way God can teach us how helpless we are and how much we need him. The opening of the sixth, fifth seal excuse me, reveals those who have died in God's service. They are waiting for God to avenge their unjust death. God tells them that they will be have to wait because still other martyrs will join them. Many of us have suffered abuse in the past. Perhaps the abuse we suffered is at the root of our present problem and dependencies. We may desire revenge against people who have wronged us. Maybe we blame others for our addictions like the martyrs of Re- Revelation. We must let God avenge our wrongs done to us. When we release our bitterness and forgive our abusers, we will make progress in recovery in life. Ultimately, we are responsible for our own addictions, whatever other factors may be involved. The opening of the sixth seal is followed by a huge earthquake and amazing phenomena in the sky. Those who don't believe in Christ will want to die, mistakenly thinking they can escape God's terrible judgment. Sadly, their hearts are so hard that Though they recognize God, they will not repent and turn to him in faith, and they will be destroyed, continuing in denial about their destruction. Destructive dependencies are compulsive, will lead to a similar end. If we refuse to recognize God's rule in our lives, we will inevitably head towards deeper bondage and ultimately destruction. God wants to give us meaningful and joyful lives. But to receive the gift, we need to accept his program for godly living. Amen and amen. That was chapter 6 from the Recovery Bible, Revelations. All right. Let's go ahead and thank God for our lives just the way they are. Do Do not leave God behind. Remember that Accepting step three is one of the hardest things. You say, oh, well, I did it. Really? Did we really do it? When we come to a situation and have we thanked God that we missed the mark? You know, speeding, getting angry, uh, you know, causing havoc. So, you know, the best way to do it is to acknowledge God in the midst of the problem. Say, thank you, God, I missed it. Thank you, God, I'm a misfit. You know, that's why you have a checkpoint right away. A checkpoint. All right. Reading the Psalms now. Let's move on. Bless those in your circle by praying with Psalms with their names in mind. Yeah, we do that with Psalm 23, right? We say, the Lord is Jack's shepherd. He shall not want. The Lord is our son's shepherd and our daughter's shepherd. They shall not want. The Lord is right beside them, keeping them safe. Amen. That's how we do it with with their names in mind. Psalm 134, verses 1 through 2 and 3 says, Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. You who serve at night in the house of the Lord, lift up your holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. In Proverbs chapter 30, verses 1 through 4, the sayings of Agur son of Jake contains this message. I am weary, O God. I am weary and worn out, O God. I am too stupid to be human, and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down? Who holds the wind in his fist? Who wraps up the ocean in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name and his son's name 
tell me if you know. Welcome to today's reading of December 15 for Micah chapter 1 to chapter 4, 13. 365 daily devotionals by the New Living Testament. Make sure you get your copy and follow us, follow me, as we read God's Word. Now remember, if Micah's message is going to seem hard, remember that God did not want to take revenge on Israel. He wanted to get them back on the right path. The people had rejected what was true and right, and they needed a firm hand to correct them. Children may think discipline is harsh, but it helps keep them going in the right direction. If we only want God's comforting message, we may find ourselves off track. But if we listen whenever God speaks, even to his difficult messages, we will find ourselves following him more closely. And the idea is in listening. Micah chapter 1. The Lord gave this message to Micah of Morshes. During the years with Jotham, Ahaz, and Jezekiah were kings of Judah, the visions he was concerned, both Samaria and Jerusalem. Attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The sovereign Lord is making an accusation against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel. Yes, the sins of the whole nation. Who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Samaria, its capital city? Where is the center of idolatry in Judah, in Jerusalem, its capital? So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up, her planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below, exposing her foundations. All her carved images will be smashed. All her sacred treasures will be burned. These things were bought with the money earned by her prostitution, and they will not be carried away to pay prostitutes elsewhere. Therefore, I will mourn and lament. I will walk around barefooted and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl. For my people's wounds is too deep to heal. It has reached into Judah, even to the gates of Jerusalem. Don't tell our enemies in God. Don't weep at all. Your people in bet roll in the dust of to show you your despair. You people of Shaphir, go as captives into exile, naked and ashamed. The people of Sanan dare not come outside their walls. The people of Bet-Hezil mourn, for their house has no support. The people of Marat anxious wait for relief. But only bitterness awaits them as the Lord's judgment reaches even to the gates of Jerusalem. Harness your chariots, horses, and flee, you people of Lashish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in her rebellion, and you led Jerusalem into sin. Send farewell gift to Morishet Gat. There is no hope of saving it. The towns of Aksib has deceived the kings of Israel. O people of Marishah, I will bring a conqueror to capture your town, and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. O people of Judah, shave your heads in sorrow, for the children you love will be snatched away. Make yourself as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. What sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans? You rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out, simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. 
you cheat a man of his property, stealing his family's inheritance. But this is what the Lord says. I will reward your evil with evil. You won't be able to pull your neck out of the noose. You will no longer walk around proudly, for it will be a terrible time. In that day, your enemies will make fun of you by singing this song of despair about you. We are finished, completely ruined. God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. He has given our fields to those who betrayed us. Others will set your boundaries then, and the Lord's people will have no say in how the land is divided. Don't say such things, the people respond. Don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. Shout, should you talk that way, O family of Israel? Will the Lord's Spirit have patience with such behavior? If you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting. Yet this, to this very hour, my people rise against me like an enemy. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trust you, making them as ragged as men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant homes and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone. This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. Someday, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather your remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like the sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pastures. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leaders will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your kings will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. I said, listen, you leaders of Israel, you are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh from their bones. Yes, you eat my people's flesh, strip off their skin, and break their bones. You chop them up like meat for the cooking pot. Then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to answer? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. This is what the Lord says. You false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions. The sun will set for your prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then your seers will be put to shame, and your fortune tellers will be disgraced. And you will cover your faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength. To, be, to boldly declare Israel's sins and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. In the last days, the mountains of the Lord's house will be the height of all. The most important place on earth, it will be raised above all other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountains of the Lord 
to the house of Jacob God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his path. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will meditate between. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity and join their own grapevines and fig trees. For there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, those who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant. Those who were exiled will become a nation strong. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? Have you wise people all died? Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Rith and groan like a woman in labor. You people of Jerusalem, for now you must leave this city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you, you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now many nations have gathered against you. Let her desecrate, they say. Let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plans. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord, for I will give you iron horns and bronze hoops so you can trample many nations to pieces. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. That was the book of Micah. Uh, let's read a couple of the uh, commentaries on the book of Micah. Let's see what it has pertains to us on that realm. Well, there's quite a bit of it. Let me just read. If we don't repent of our dependencies and sins, dependencies, we cannot expect God's blessings. We should never expect to experience good times while God is dealing with sin in our lives. Without repentance, sin is contagious, and it, its effects are far-reaching. Even the innocent children would be exiled because of their parents' sins. We often fall, fail to realize that our dependencies may cause great suffering for future generations. We need to act now, admitting our sins and giving our lives into God's gracious hands. With God's help, we can overcome our addictions and set our children and grandchildren free from a painful future. Amen. Many of Israel's influential peoples had spent their time placing ways to ruin the lives of others. They saw personal wealth and power. They took people's land and homes by fraud and violence. They were blind to much of the pain they caused and unaware of the judgment ahead for them. Our addictions often drives us to make the same mistake. As we take inventory of our lives, we should think clearly about those we have hurt and seek ways to make amends. If we don't, God will defend the helpless from our selfish actions and bring judgment against us. God announced that the coming of a son of an intense judgment on his people who had refused to trust and obey him. They had rebel and sought help from powerless idols. 
God showed them how useless their idols worship was by allowing them to suffer the consequences of seeking help from sources that could not deliver. Our addiction may be idols that we call upon to escape our pain, pain that only God can truly heal. We may make recovery fast our idols and expect them to lead us to an easier recovery. If we pursue help from idols, however, we will only be disappointed. Only God has the power to help us persevere in the process of recovery. Even though God warned his people of their immense destruction, he also gave them a reason for hope for the future. Someday he would restore the nation he was about to punish. As we face the inescapable consequences of our past actions, we can still have hope for the future. Even though there may be hard times ahead, if we trust God and obey his will for us, for our lives, there is always hope for recovery. No matter how great our failures and sufferings, God can forgive and restore us. Israel's leaders failed to fulfill their responsibilities before God, to defend the poor and helpless in society. In fact, they took advantage of the very people they were to protect. They could expect only punishment from God. We may have suffered innocently at the hands of our parents or other people in authority. Perhaps their sins against us are the root of our own destructive behavior. We can be sure that God will punish those who have wronged us. We can leave the situation in God's hands and spend our energy dealing with our own problems and dependencies. If we have harmed innocent people, we must repent and seek to make amends. Some of us serve God only for what we can get out of it. When all is going well, we act proudly or piously. But when things are going our, our way, we probably tend to use pressure tactics to secure personal gain. Manipulation others may stop if our recovery is to be complete. Manipulating others must stop. God does not always pick up the pieces of our mistakes and bad choices. He may allow us to experience the full negative impact of our actions. Sometimes it takes such suffering to awaken us from denial and help us to realize how much we need God. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful, wonderful reading. That was from the Recovery Bible. Incredible stuff. Okay, let's go ahead and shift gears now. I think it would be valid for us to say a prayer. We're going to be going into uh, chapter 6 of Revelations. Heavy stuff. Merry Christmas, everyone. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving ears to hear, eyes to see. Help us to learn to listen and listen to learn. Thank you for your godly skills. Thank you for your promises, Lord. And we say, yes, Lord, yes, I confess my sins. Cleanse me, Lord God, from all iniquities, stubbornness, and childish actions, Lord. Lord, and not acting properly or distributing funds when I should, Lord. And thank God I'm a misfit. Thank God, Lord God, that you put me in the right place and the right time to do your right duty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, in Revelations chapter 6, the altar represents the altar of the sacrifice in the temple where animals were sacrificed to atone for sins. Instead of the animal's blood at the base of the altar, John saw the, the souls of martyrs who had died for preaching the good news. These martyrs were told that still more would lose their lives for their belief in Christ. The martyrs were eager for God to bring justice to the earth, but they were told to wait. God is not waiting until a certain number is reached, but he is promising that those who suffer and die for their faith will not be forgotten. Rather, they will be singled out by God for special honor. 
We may wish for immediate justice as these martyrs did, but we must be patient. God promises justice, but we, but he works according to his own timetable. What we suffer for the sake of God's kingdom is never wasted. We may be distressed and impatient, but we must learn to trust God for what is best in whatever we face. Christians are called to stand firmly to what they believe. Only those who endure to the end will be rewarded by God. Amen. Revelation chapter 6. As I, John, watched, the Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bowl and a, a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come! Then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth. And there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a black horse, and his rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread, or three loaves of barley, will cost a day's pay. And don't waste the olive oil and wine. When the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come! I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw another under the altar, the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful to their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them. And they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell on the earth like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us, fall on us, and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Amen and amen. Wow. Chapter 6. Amazing stuff, isn't it? Let's see what the Recovering Bible has to say about that. Chapter 6 in Revelation. That is an amazing thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for bringing something up that I may talk about, Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come. You know that word, come. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In chapter 6, Jesus Christ the Lamb begins to open the scroll setting in motion the events leading to God's victory over sin and death. War, famine, and disease will be rampant during the period of the first four seals. The first steps towards God's cosmic restoration lead through painful times. Millions of people will die as God deals with the sin that dominates our world. 
God often leads us through periods of pain so we uh, periods of pain as we suffer the consequences of our behavior. But he does so for ultimate good even though he allows us to suffer for a time he plans for our restoration and recovery. Sometimes the trials brought on by our dependencies are the only way God can teach us how helpless we are and how much we need Him. The opening of the sixth, fifth seal excuse me, reveals those who have died in God's service. They are waiting for God to avenge their unjust death. God tells them that they will be have to wait because still other martyrs will join them. Many of us have suffered abuse in the past. Perhaps the abuse we suffered is at the root of our present problem and dependencies. We may desire revenge against people who have wronged us. Maybe we blame others for our addictions like the martyrs of Re- Revelation. We must let God avenge our wrongs done to us. When we release our bitterness and forgive our abusers, we will make progress in recovery, in life. Ultimately, we are responsible for our own addictions, whatever other factors may be involved. The opening of the sixth seal is followed by a huge earthquake and amazing phenomena in the sky. Those who don't believe in Christ will want to die, mistakenly thinking they can escape God's terrible judgment. Sadly, their hearts are so hard that though they recognize God, they will not repent and turn to Him in faith, and they will be destroyed. Continuing in denial about their destruction, destructive dependencies are compulsive, will lead to a similar end. If we refuse to recognize God's rule in our lives, we will inevitably head towards deeper bondage and ultimately destruction. God wants to give us meaningful and joyful lives, but to receive the gift, we need to accept His program for godly living. Amen and amen. That was chapter 6 from the Recovery Bible, Revelations. All right. Let's go ahead and thank God for our lives just the way they are. Do Do not leave God behind. Remember that accepting step three is one of the hardest things. You say, oh, well, I did it. Really? Did we really do it? When we come to a situation and have we thanked God that we missed the mark? You know, speeding, getting angry, uh, you know, causing havoc. So, you know, the best way to do is is to acknowledge God in the midst of the problem. Say, thank you, God, I missed it. Thank you, God, I'm a misfit. You know, that's why you have a checkpoint right away. A checkpoint. All right. Reading the Psalms now. Let's move on. Bless those in your circle by praying with Psalms with their names in mind. Yeah, we do that with Psalm 23, right? We say, the Lord is Jack's shepherd. He shall not want. The Lord is our son's shepherd and our daughter's shepherd. They shall not want. The Lord is right beside them, keeping them safe. Amen. That's how we do it with, with their names in mind. Psalm 134, verses 1 through 2 and 3 says, Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. You who serve at night in the house of the Lord, lift up your holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. In Proverbs chapter 30, verses 1 through 4, the sayings of Agur son of Jake contains this message. I am weary, O God. I am weary and worn out, O God. I am too stupid to be human, and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down? 
Who holds the wind in his fist? Who wraps up the ocean in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name and his son's name? Tell me if you know.